Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. <laughs> Why do we own this DVD? Your true host, Sean Takaki, and his wife, Diane. Diane and Sean. Yeah. Why do we own this DVD? Sean Takaki and his wife Diane. Yeah. Just want to say, why do we own this DVD? Why? Is that like Kronk's theme music? Oh, he's got his own theme music? Hi, welcome. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Sean is not entertained by my Rebecca Black impression. Sucks for him. Anyway, are you gonna uh, join in? Look, I can reach my drink now. I rearranged the bedroom yesterday. Because Sean loves whenever you arrange things. And now the dresser is close enough to the bed where I can just reach over and grab my water. <laughs> Am I doing a solo podcast here? <laughs> All right. This is a podcast. Why, is do it? We, why do we own this DVD? I'm Diane. That's Sean. We talk about our DVD collection. And um, any housekeeping orders? I don't. Housekeeping. I don't think so. At least not yet. Mm. Well, in that case, let's get down to it. What are we talking about tonight? Mm, we already forgot. It doesn't have a, a secondary title. Huh? It's just MI two. MI two. And is it actually just MI two, uh, or is it Mission Impossible two? It's Mission Impossible two. But I mean, folks. Well, I mean. You can abbreviate it all you want. No, 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 I know. But I mean... It doesn't matter. Anyway, we're talking about the second movie in the Mission Impossible wow. franchise. I'm not sure how many there are. We've no already idea. talked about the first one. We are now talking about the second one. It's the only other one that we own. We don't own any others. And really, end it here, I'm fine. Because this is my favorite Mission Impossible movie. And I am very vocal about this. Which, uh, which, uh... So we have MI3, we have Ghost Protocol, we have Rogue Nation, Nation and Fallout. Fallout. Is that six? That's six. And And seven is, you know, they're wrapping up seven. So it could be a, a mini mega draft for screen drafts. Didn't they? No, they didn't. I don't know why, but no, they wouldn't have because that's six. So I don't know why I thought that they were going to. I don't know. Um, yeah, Mission Impossible 2. So this movie opened May 24th, 2000. Did you see this in the theater? I'm pretty sure I did. I know I did. Because I... S- 
No, 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 I did. Yeah, I did. No, no, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, did you see this in the theater? <laughs> may, possibly. Um, where were you in May 2000? In the... <laughs> oh, I have that sound clip, too. Sweet. Um, I was work. Yeah, I was working. Oh, I bet I was working on a movie called Menace. Um, we have a picture together, and you're wearing that shirt. You're wearing a. Remember that picture that Elizabeth took of us? Shout out to my friend Elizabeth who took a picture of me and Sean. We were at her house. No, we were at Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Yep, we weren't uh, like together. No, I know. We went to go visit. You're wearing a black and red shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's a black shirt. It says, yeah, it says Menace on it. Menace is in red font. I only say that because I just saw it the other day when I was going through my old pictures. Menachi. We used to call it Menachi. Why? I don't know. Because we were dumb. All right. So you were working on a movie called Menace. I was finishing up my junior year of college. Well, you know, if I had the shirt, I'd probably just wrapped Menace because that was probably like a wrap gift or something. Which would have been in 2000. One, because I mean the picture was taken in two thousand one. Oh yeah, because yeah. I didn't know you in two. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, people are like, we're done. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I was finishing up my junior year of college, and I saw this in the theater, and I was like, this is so much better than the first one. And I think at the time it was like a recency bias because I'm like, God, this is because we've had this conversation before. Like you see a, the, the newest one is always the best one. But you know what? 21 years later, I still think it's the best one. I mean, sometimes it sticks, but it's but I mean, but this is most people's least favorite. And why? I well, I get why the Mission Impossible movies are tons of fun. I mean, they're convoluted fun. There's nothing convoluted about number two, which is well, what I like yeah. about it. And Con- I like convoluted. No, well, the- my issue with this movie, I realized, I, which I didn't even realize I had an issue with this movie. How dare you? Is that there's no women in this movie? There's one woman. There's just one in this movie. In this whole movie, there's one. There is female one. actor who actually has lines. She's great. There I, might be like, I like a her. flight attendant, maybe, but no lines. You know, is there even a flight attendant, though? Yeah, because someone gives uh, uh, Dimitri a drink or whatever. Oh, is it a woman? It might have been. There's no one on the flight deck, you know, in the cockpit. That's a woman. Okay. All right. I didn't no even... No security guards. Okay. No cops. No agents. No anybody. I didn't even think of that. Because when I watched this movie, I... It's because I'm a feminist and you're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I, it's, it's because out. I'm watching his hair. Yeah, and, you were transfixed by and her Mr. Outfits. Cruz's hair. This I is, was transfixed by Tandy Wade Newton's lovely face. And her, she, this, uh, this her movie has the best. Skin is perfect, <gasps> right? God, it, she, is. it looked like an Instagram filter. And her, and she rocks the most amazing eyebrows. She has perfect eyebrows. And her outfits. This is my favorite. Outfit movie in the Mission Impossible series. Granted, I don't really remember other ones, but I feel like they're always wearing like like gear that they kick ass in, and she's yeah. wearing like really cute outfits. Well, I mean, one. she's wearing a very sexy dress at the flamenco. I just remember as a twenty one year old, I was like, party. I want her hair, I want her clothes, I want her skin, I want to be 
Tandy Way. And we were going to, yeah. So people know her as Tandy Newton. She came out this year saying, that's actually not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. My real name is Tandy Way. It's what? She wants to respect her spot. I think it's Swahili, Swahili? Isn't it? Yeah. So we are referring to her by her given name. Even uh, though she's, you know, obviously back then she was credited as credited Tandy as Newton. Tandy Newton. Her actual real first name is Melanie. Yeah. Which no one knows her as that. So. Well, it's like Felicia Day's first name is Catherine. So I mean, that's really weird. No one calls her Catherine. I'm gonna next time I see her. Um. But yeah, directed by, uh, this movie is directed by John Woo, who is uh, most famous for Face Off. Um, John Woo, Replacement Killers. I just, I was about to see what he uh, is more known Oh, wait, for. no. Replacement Killers was uh, uh, Antoine Fuqua. He's like um, Face He's Off. Like Hard Boiled. Hard boiled, those, yeah. broken arrow, broken arrow, paycheck, little... not payback, no. paycheck, mm-hmm. wind talkers. Um, he's got a very distinct style. He loves his slow mo, lots of slow motion mm-hmm. shots, which I find just it's. I mean, it's very we talked much about John Woo trademark. Yeah, you the... see it, you know. Yeah, and it's like he could have directed. Fun. That show we talked about that one time. Legend of the Seeker. Are all the slow-mo shots in that? Which was a a, a budget trick. They had no money, so yeah. to get the most out of not-so-special effects, you just slow down kind of basic moves, and it looks very like a jump. You slow it down, and it looks very cool. Yeah. The, they had money for this though, so yeah. this wasn't. This was just a. Oh, this it, was just a sh- so for John who huh. to show off what he could, what he could do with the camera, what he can get his actors to do. It was an aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a John Woo aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, um, it's very much a, what the Wachowskis did with Bullet Time. Yeah, I mean, it's an aesthetic, and it's just to show off what you can do. And it's, yeah, and it works. It's such a hard turn from Brian De Palma mm-hmm. doing the first Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> it's like it's like night and day just the aesthetic what do you I was trying to look up uh, uh, her the, the mm-hmm. origin of her name okay the movie was written by Robert Town oh it's of course if you're a film person you know Robert Town her mother was from Zimbabwe Zimbabwe okay uh, Robert Town he wrote Chinatown he wrote a lot of movies but Chinatown's like his big whatever. I mean, it's a that's a good feather for your cap. Yes. I I enjoy Chinatown. I never saw it. It's Polanski, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um the story is by uh, Ronald D. Moore. If you're a Battlestar Galactica fan or an Outlander fan, you know who Ronald D. Moore is. I was thinking, oh, didn't he just die when that was Richard Hatch? The Richard Hatch? Yeah, the actor. Not the not the guy from uh, Survivor, but the Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. He died. Mm-hmm. Did we have this conversation before? I feel like we did. Possibly. Um, like he died within the last five years. So this film it uh, follows Ethan Hunt. He is our Mission Impossible guy. Follows him as he is tasked by the Impossible Missions Force (IMF) to find and destroy a dangerous biological weapon called Chimera. 
from rogue IMF agent Sean Ambrose with the help of love interest Naya Nordolf Hall, who happens to be Ambrose's ex-girlfriend. Of course, Tom Cruise plays Ethan Hunt. No one else ever will. Uh, I mean, no, they would. No. If, if Tom, if, this is Tom's property. I if mean, he doesn't is, do a Mission Impossible movie, they won't replace Ethan Hunt with a new actor. No, it'll just They'll be just replace the character. Like Bourne. Sure. Because Jeremy Renner didn't play Jason Bourne, did he? No. He didn't. No. Because I think that was the confusion. People were like, oh, Jeremy Renner is now Jason Bourne. But that was, he didn't play Jason Bourne. I never saw that one. I, I don't think so. I don't remember, actually. I didn't want to see that one. Richard Hatch died in 2017. Dang. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, he was 64. Nope, 62. That's way too young. 72. I way can't math. You can't math. Um, 71. Oh, my God. We're done. <laughs> and, yeah, Ethan Hunt. And, okay, so Tom Cruise in this movie is, like, peak Tom Cruise. I know we say peak Tom Cruise as like Jerry Maguire. No, peak Tom Cruise is 2000. His- this is a year after he does Magnolia. He's got this <laughs> amazing hair. I can't even... I could write a thesis was- paper on his hair. Between his hair and his, so nice. his biceps. Does he have biceps? Does he show his arms? When he's rock climbing. Oh, yeah. And That's he does his, a- his weird spread eagle Jesus mm-hmm. pose. Though his either his hair or his biceps should have qualified for a, a SAG card. They're doing so much work. They're doing so much work. They're working They're so just hard. Up. But yeah. Like he I mean it, he his his muscles in this movie, they're not big. He's never been a built but guy. They're, he has no fat. It's just muscle and sinew. sinew. We've said this like he's just his muscles are just so deeply cut he's he's built the same way in far and away when he's boxing he's and boxing stuff. and shit mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's because his shirt is off half the time sure because he's boxing with his shirt off because like when he's on the rocks i mean it's just muscle i mean they're making so much use out of light and shadow with his muscles because i mean he's not he's not a hulking guy and he never nope. will be no but he's, he's just not built that way because he's, he's again, he's much, like what five, five, five six. If that, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. He he has the body of like a peasant who only works in the fields, like far and away. Sure, I barely <laughs> remember. All I remember he's is, an Irish farmer. All I remember is spoons, hats, and boxing. I feel like at least once a week I say, "Tell me you like me hat." <laughs> You're not wearing a hat. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Maybe once a week or so, it's always, my spoons. My spoons. Joseph. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this opening scene. Not the plane, but the... Not not the cold open, because that's a cold open. That's a cold open. This is the second the, open, this which... This is the intro to the movie. It's our intro to, to the actual Ethan it's Hunt. It's the title opening. Which originally, so it opened, so the cold open is we're on a plane and Ethan Hunt is talking to the Chimera guy. Mm-hmm. And, it, um, and there's a hijacking sort of. And there's it a hijacking. Up, and they crash a plane. And it turns out that's not Ethan Hunt. He 
pulls his face off, mm-hmm. <laughs> face off, and it's There's Sean lots Ash. of face offs in this movie. Yeah, this one has the most masks. There's more face offs in this movie than face off had in face off. This one definitely had the most um, face offs. Yeah, faces. It's actually not Ethan Hunt. It's Sean Ambrose, played by Do Gray Scott, which. If you recall, he's a very, very handsome man. Is he? I still don't see it. He's not <laughs> my type. That's fine. And remember when we did our ever, ever, ever after. Do Gray Scott looks like the human embodiment of a frog. <laughs> That's Tom Holland. <laughs> no, Tom Holland's holding a frog in his mouth. Tom and he's Holland keeping it from escaping. Fucking adorable. And <laughs> Do Gray Scott is very handsome. I just Again, is he though? I like. We'll talk about Dugray. Like universally, Candy Way Newton is gorgeous. Yes, and I not get, universally is Dugray Scott handsome. Well, he's playing a villain, so no, kind of that should make him more appealing because I like a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Richard Roxborough, Roxborough, he's very handsome in this movie, and I would never say that any other time. He's a treat in this movie. Even though his accent is fucked up. It's South African, I did find ah, out. Ah, I told you. Called it. I was like, but are you Tobias It still Menzi? does sound kind of garbagey. But why is he South African? Because he's blonde. blonde. Like, he was like, Who sh- where should my character be from? Let's see. This movie <laughs> like, I'm takes- not tall enough to be Danish. The movie takes place in Australia. I'm Australian, but I don't want to be Australian in the movie. So I'm going to be South African. I bet that's why they're like, do anything else other than Australian. They okay. I don't know. Because it wouldn't make sense that he's Australian. Why? Really. It takes place there. Why I know, would it, but... But he wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense that he's one of Sean's cronies. Right. Yeah. But then again, why is he then Why South is he South African? African? <laughs> and what is Sean Ambrose? Scottish. In the movie? Yeah. Oh, Okay. I mean, did you hear that accent? No, I know. I mean, that's I mean, his real accent. Know, that's why I'm like, what's he supposed to be? And his name is Sean. He's not Irish. He's Scottish. Okay. I mean, just going by the accent, there's no other accent that sounds like that. He's not playing a South Can, African. Has 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 uh, Gray Scott ever done an American accent? Would he ever be American? Well, he was supposed to be Wolverine. And then he got injured on the set of Mission Impossible 2 and Hugh Jackman took over. Can you imagine? This is the birth of yes, Hugh Jackman as Logan. Yes. This is why Mission Impossible 2 is important and why Dugray Scott is important. Because he was signed on to play Wolverine, Logan. Hmm. And he got injured in a motorcycle accident on the set of Mission Impossible 2. And Gee, the rest was it, is was the stunt fucking when he history. Was flying through the air. It might have been when he was flying through the air. <laughs> to give Tom Cruise an air hug. I love it. I love, I love the air hug. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Turns out it's Sean Ambrose on the plane. Cut to the real Ethan Hunt, who is in the Moab, Moab Desert yeah. or wherever in Utah mm-hmm. National Park. I don't know what it is. Sure. He's uh, rock climbing mm-hmm. or whatever. He's free climbing. Yeah. He's free soloing it. What? Free Solo. That's okay. what it's called. Did you ever see that movie, Free Solo? I won an Oscar documentary. Free Solo Climbing. Huh. Look, there's even a Wikipedia article okay. about Free Solo Climbing. Okay. Confirmed. Um, yeah, it's just him, mm-hmm. obviously, solo. <laughs> and 
he's got black tank top, black pants, climbing sneakers. No, these are like khaki pants. <gasps> yeah, they are khaki pants. You're right. The black tank top is, mm-hmm. and his hair. Oh, it's I. If you is haven't the same seen hair this, from Legend. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But like smoother and shinier. I think it was a little bit longer in Legend. It was a little bit longer. It, it went past the shoulders, I think, in Legend, right? Might have, like, touched the shoulders. Okay. So, I don't know. If, you, for some reason, you haven't seen this movie, just Google Tom Cruise Mission Possible 2, and you can just look at 50 million pictures of his hair. I don't know. <laughs> for me, I don't know that I like this hair. Oh, my God. It's so wonderful i mean because because he had long hair in magnolia the, but it doesn't yeah, I know. it didn't look like this i mean this is like well it's because it was all matted down from his tears well it's like in a ponytail did no, he have a ponytail I, in magnolia I, I never saw magnolia yet you shit on it every chance Cause, you get because tom cruise crying is the worst thing ever. well you're seen. lucky he doesn't cry in this movie no okay what yeah the the better version of this hair is john wick John Wick has good hair too. John Wick has amazing hair, but it's because it's, it's not as shiny. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because it's a little dirty. <laughs> Mostly because it's all a bunch of There's Russian blood. guys' blood. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then he gets the he gets the mission. The yeah, the mission come via helicopter bu- via rocket. Yeah, and it's a pair of sunglasses with an earpiece. Puts on these. Ray-Bans or something. Oakley's? Oakley's, maybe. And it's, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept. You it's know, the, the silky smooth voice of Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins was, was almost going to be Ian McKellen. Oh, my But he God. couldn't. And if he had, he wouldn't have been able to be Gandalf. Again. Wow, this movie is the linchpin for so oh my God, many right? things. It's probably why. Oh my god, this movie is its own butterfly effect. Holy it shit. It is. Oh god. <sighs> Six degrees of MI2. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, this message will self destruct in five destruct in Who's five the woman's sex? voice? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember a woman's voice. That's, that's the voice that says that this message will oh. destruct. Self destruct. Siri? Oh, it should have been. That Siri Cruz? That would have been awesome. Surrey. Not, Is her name Surrey? Surrey, yes. She's like 15 now. Blah. And she looks all oh, much like the both of them. It's one of those Maya Hawk things where it's like, I see Ethan, I she see like, Uma. She looks like Katie Cruz. She looks like Katie Cruz. <laughs> um, and then he throws the sunglasses and they explode. And that's when we get our like Not diffuse. very eco-friendly of Ethan Hunt to litter no, in Moab. No, he's littering in Moab. But that's I'm sure our, he didn't take the rocket pieces with him either no, so there's they're still there metal junk but that's our that's our light the fuse moment mm-hmm. and originally the light the fuse when we say light the fuse it's we are talking about the theme song it was originally supposed to be right after the plane that would make sense yeah but tom is like that's it's not exciting enough also correct and i think it's the one of the best decisions of this movie because starting that cold open and then suddenly going to like the silence of moab well you get Ico Ico. Yeah, you get Ico Ico in a different language is no it's in a different language oh is it yeah is it like in french or something 
Oh, you know what? I bet you it's in Zimbabwe. Italian. Where's no, the, it didn't. See, it seemed Spanish? like an African. Oh, um, oh you might be right. Uh, I would have to Google it. I don't um, remember. Yeah, Tom's like I. I think that's. I love this opening. I do. I'm glad Tom made that decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go to him, and then. Well, because and also, I mean, it only makes sense because he is the star of this movie. He's the star, and I feel like we should get our theme song right after the uh, the usual your mission. Yeah, you have to get it after because doesn't that happen in the in the first one? First it, one, that's how it is, right? Um, it's on the local because computer. really, the the fuse often ties into the the mission exploding. Yeah, it's either right after or right before that yeah. kind of thing. <sighs> so, uh, like, if there had been a bomb on the plane, then they would make sense. Sure, but the plane just crashes crashes into the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, Argentinian soccer style into the mountains, Yeesh. into the snowy mountains. After the guys parachute out of it, and then the the wreckage photos is I call bullshit because that, that plane, plane would have been disintegrated. That plane was flying at full speed and crashed head head on into a mountain. And yeah, and yet, there's like a shell. There's an entire like, like a fuselage like yeah. laying upright on the snow with visible seats. There's no way. And the seats are visible, but there's no people or carcasses in them. I don't know. Um, so who do we have at next? We have Tandyway. Tandyway. Because she D. is, he is assigned to recruit her ag- yeah. against her will because she's a civilian. She's also but a she's thief. She's a professional thief. Yeah. We meet her in Seville, Spain. I love that which whole sequence. It's John Woo at his best. The fucking slow-mo flamenco walk oh. passes. And I guess Tom Cruise, it, it was part of his idea too to meet that, to have them meet that way because he's always just wanted to have a boy meets girl type mm-hmm. of scene. You know what? And it is the two prettiest people in the room seeing each it other. Definitely across 100%. A, across flamenco dancers you get the music Hans Zimmer's music you get the the and dress that would fly through the, the red dress oh my god and they're both looking at each other and, and you get the super slow-mo and you get the ghosting of it oh mm-hmm. yeah it's fucking gorgeous right I love it and then she goes and she finds a necklace but and then, I do like that she just dis- disappears and even yeah. he's like shit where'd she go because yeah, she's better than him at certain she's things she's the Selena <laughs> Kyle of I thought you said the Selena Gomez. I was like, what? <laughs> She's not the Selena Gomez. Hey. Selena Gomez would never steal. I don't know. Did you see her in Bad Blood, the video? Yeah, I love that video. I love that Haley video. Seinfeld. <laughs> She's my favorite. Okay. Sidetracked by Selena Gomez again. Again? <laughs> I don't know. It's, again! Gone again. What is that? From? Gone again? Oh, yeah, okay. Dr. Finkelstein. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, she steals necklace, but then he uh, finds her, and they're in the bathtub. Well, I do like when, yeah, she's picking locks, and there is that one shot where she's straddling him. He's on his back in the bottom of the tub. Yeah, and her boobs are right there. And it's all cleavage. The camera's like, how about right here? I mean, that's a great dress. I love and her dress. That black lace dress. The whole setup of that shot, though, is Tom Cruise is looking up at mm-hmm. camera, basically. Mm-hmm. 
And all we see is his face and her boobs. And he's smiling as if he can see her boobs. But she can't. That's only for us, That's the viewer. Only for us. And But he just... He, that Tom Cruise smile. Like, God! With that he's a fucking, fucking movie tooth star. in the middle of his face. He's such a fucking movie star. He's, he is the epitome of movie star. We yes. will never have another Tom Cruise. Not like, not like him. It'll be a while. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Never know. Never say never. But okay. I mean, we'll talk about that later. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even, I wouldn't ever be able to predict who it might be, but there, there certainly will be, but you know. That big? Because who is the... Who is who is Tom Cruise now? Who who was he the a past person of? You know, Cary Grant? Cary Grant. Or uh But Cary Grant wasn't a huge movie star like Tom Cruise is. I don't know. Because the industry is different. Because yeah, and that's why I'm saying there will never be another Tom Cruise, because the industry just isn't built for another Tom Cruise. Well, I mean it's like, you know, TV will never be as big as friends. You know, you'll never have that those ratings ever because the industry is different. Yeah. There might be a show just as immensely popular, but they'll never have those ratings ever again because the closest we doesn't exist. Closest we got recently was like game of Thrones. And even then it still can't compete numbers wise, you know, no, or ratings wise. But I mean, anyway, so they meet up. He, um, is actively trying to recruit her. She escapes in a car in an Audi convertible. He gets into a Porsche. And I love this scene. Because it's a flamenco all over again. It's a flamenco dance in cars and convertibles. It's a little ridiculous. It is, but because it's Because so... those two cars would never be spinning side by side. They would never sync up like that. No. <laughs> but we but don't I care. But I do like it. It's, it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Because it's... Again, it, it's John Woo. It doesn't matter. It just looks cool. It looks cool. And I love when he... I love Tom Cruise during this scene because... He's being bested. Yeah. And he enjoys it because finally there's someone worthy of a little competition. Yeah. Someone who can actually challenge him. Mm-hmm. Because he is he is the best. as you know, Just as James Bond is the best. And then when he finds someone who can kind of the money. meet him toe-to-toe, then yeah. that's intriguing and interesting. Yeah, well. But I just like him because I think he's funny in this. You know, the driving, and he's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> to like other drivers. He's, and This one know. has a lot more humor than, well, the first one. There's the first no one has humor. no humor. No humor in the first that, one. There is one. I mean, Ving Rhames is there to provide some good one-liners. I mean... The whole Emilio exchange with Emilio and Kristen Scott. Uh-huh. You know, charming, sure. but not funny. And it was only even the first five minutes. Well, this I'm trying to think what the funny parts in this were. That, it's, it's always Ving Rhames. Or if, like, at the beginning when he and Naya were, like, kind of bickering. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah, when they're having their little... Because everyone loves a nice little bicker. Well, yeah. A little bicker. Well, especially if it's... The two prettiest people you can think of at the time. When it's the two prettiest people at the party, yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, and then he recruits Australian Billy Boyd. Yes, <laughs> his um, name is actually Billy Baird. His character's name is Billy Baird, yeah. played by John Polson, which is oh, weird. okay. I went to school with a John Polson, so that's who that's that weird. Is. Okay. Um, 
And of course, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames is back as Luther Whom Stickle. I love. Of course, we talked about Dugray Scott. He's our Sean Ambrose. He's our villain. It's not Sean's kind of guy. <laughs> Definitely not. I could do better. Um, he's got a very thick Scottish accent. And Richard Rocks. Is it Roxborough? Roxborough. There's no O in the last part. Richard Roxburgh. Oh. It's B-U-R-G-H. So I wonder if it's like, like Edinburgh. Is it like Richard Roxburgh? <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to know how his name is pronounced now. I, you know, I was going to look it up. I mean, he he's fucking gorgeous in this movie. He's a very handsome man, and you would not think... He's not handsome in Moulin Rouge. No, Moulin Rouge is just a year later. And he is gross and in that movie. And he's the Duke, if anyone's wondering who he plays. He's the Duke. I don't know if it's just because of who the character is in Moulin Rouge that he's ugly. Or and is his it, hair. He he does, he's got he's a nice a dandy, He's a dandy in that he's movie. He's a dandy. Okay, no offense to dandies out there. It's just like... He's a I different mean, kind of villain. Well, it's just like Farmer is in Moulin Rouge, and it's not the same. That's right. David Wenham. Oh, my God. I mean, so... Australia's best. Moulin Rouge. Um, yeah, Richard... And I'm always surprised, because at first, when we see Richard Roxburgh actually... Jason Isaac? Um, he's flying the plane at the beginning <clears throat> of the movie, and I was like, oh, look, Jason Isaacs! Because it's like, he has one of those faces. I'm like, <laughs> I know who he is. He must be Jason Isaacs. And then we corrected ourselves. Like, Richard Rocks. Oh my God, it's Richard Rocks. It's the Duke. Richard Roxburgh. Richard Roxburgh. I'm going to say Roxburgh. I'm going to say Roxburgh for okay. now. I'm going to say Roxburgh. Uh-huh. He he still looks like Jason Isaacs throughout the movie. But he looks he like he'd be does. the worst elf in Rivendell. <laughs> he'd be the shadiest elf. But Jason Isaacs was never an elf. I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> uh, Hugh... <laughs> Wow. Weaving? Hugo he, Weaving? Hugo Weaving. Re- Jason Isaacs is Jason Lucius Isaacs is, Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that as I was saying Elrond. I mean, Rivendell. Or you think of Haldir. No. Uh, He's Australian. Uh, Keith Urban. Not Keith Urban. Aomer. Wow. You better just stop. Because <sighs> you're going to end up naming the whole I'm going to give cast. myself a stroke. <sighs> Richard mm-hmm. Roxborough would be, he's would st- I still stand, but he would be the shadiest elf in Rivendell. He would be a shady elf. He would be a Slytherin. He would not be in Rivendell. He would be in Mirkwood. Let's get that straight. Sure. Yeah. He would definitely be in Mirkwood. Yeah, he'd be a forest elf. From now on, we whatever movie we talk about, we have to tell who, <laughs> what, what race of what, creature they what, would be. What what race of Middle Earth creature they would be, and what house in Griff in Hogwarts they would be. <laughs> God. Um, Brendan Gleeson's in this movie. He plays John he, McCloy. He plays a, he plays a, <laughs> I can't get over. He plays a fat Christopher Nolan. Oh my God, you guys. He plays a, a jowly Christopher Nolan. Google Brendan Gleeson, Mission Impossible 2, and then Christopher Nolan. But they are the same I wanna person. I want to Google Christopher Nolan in a fat suit and see what comes up. You're going to get Brendan Gleeson in Mission Impossible 2. He plays a. Uh, what is? And I'm not saying Brendan Gleeson's fat. He he just has. He's heavier than. He has old man Nolan. jowls, and he's just. He's heavier than Christopher Nolan. But they have the same goddamn face and they hair do. in this movie, at least. What is John McCloy in this movie? He he is a CEO of Biosite. They are making the antidote to Chimera, right? 
They no. Are they making chimera? They made both because okay. one can't. They exist were trying to other. make a a cure all for the flu for all the flus, and in so doing, they created chimera. Uh, they created Bel- Bellerophon. Yeah, but in order to make Bellerophon worth it, they had to have a superbug. Like COVID. So I think then they created Chimera. I think the cure came first. Okay. And they had to create a disease to to market the cure. But he's in this for the money. So they made the COVID vaccine before they made COVID. Hmm. Interesting. But then they kept the vaccine and released COVID. Mm-hmm. And now we're all buying COVID vaccine. Yeah. I got my Bellerathon. And I was like, why don't we get cool names like this? Instead, we get the novel coronavirus disease. Like these are like named after like Greek mythology monsters and shit. Ours are very much named named by people who copyright. Yeah. Who, who do like instruction manuals? <laughs> novel coronavirus twenty nineteen. Um. Some other people. This again. This is a small cast. Um. Rod. Rod A. Raid. Rod A. Sure, Bing Jingdenga. <laughs> is it Russian? He plays Vladimir uh, Nikovich. You know, the Russian guy yeah. who is infected with Chimera mm-hmm, and dies mm-hmm. after, because after 27 after 20, hours? After 20 hours, there's no cure. There's no cure after 20 hours. So there's a little time clock on this movie, too. If someone's infected with Chimera, they have 20 hours. Um, William. Mapather. I'm never going to know I, how to pronounce ne- that last name. Um, as Wallace, just another crony. But uh, you might know him as Tom Cruise's cousin. Because Tom's actual name is Thomas Mapather. Um, He's also Ethan in the show Lost. <laughs> so whenever I see him, I'm always like, Ethan! Hang on, let's see how to pronounce William Mapather. Is it Mapather? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, you can ask. William Mapather. 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 Hmm. Map. Okay, Mapather. Dominic Purcell is, is Ulrich. I don't know who that is. Another crony. I'm saying the word crony. Is that a? Is, yeah. that, is that a good word? Well, I is mean, that not a good word. Is that a bad a, word? It's not a canceled word. Or, or <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Matthew Wilkinson is Michael. Again, I don't know who that is. And Anthony Hopkins. Uncredited. As he doesn't have a name. Yeah. Mission, Mission Commander yeah. Swanbeck. Oh, he has a name. He has a name. Oh, okay. Um. So the kind of the whole thing in this movie is, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins tells Tom Cruise, he's like, "You need to get Sean Ambrose. In order to get Sean Ambrose, you need Naya, his ex, to get close to him. You mm-hmm. can get him through her. And so she has to pretend." to want Sean Ambrose back. She goes running back to him. They she's like he'll never believe me. So they like we'll we'll make him we got to put you in some kind of peril so they'll help you. So they get her thrown in jail. He sees that he bails her out. So she goes to stay with him in Australia. Because he because Ethan Hunt knows he'll be checking all the the like, internet's the- <laughs> police like the law enforcement mm-hmm. news basically because of the plane crash yeah and then of course 
she's a high profile thief, and then so her name will pop up as a headline. Yeah. And he's gonna, you know. So she's pretending to be back with Sean while trying to get information. Well, yeah, while being a mole for the Mission Impossible squad. Yeah. And um, how does she end up in her position at towards the end of the movie? Like when she, you know, injects herself and stuff. Because, so when once Sean Ambrose finds out that she's betraying, uh, spying basically mm-hmm. he when they go to raid the the lab the the injection gun is in the middle of the floor he yeah. has he sends her to go get it yeah knowing that Ethan won't do anything because he's not going to want to hurt her yeah and so instead of but instead of bringing the gun back to Sean Ambrose she just injects herself yes knowing that he needs the virus, and she is now the only vessel that has the virus. Mm-hmm. So he has. So she knows he has to keep her alive, anyways. Now, yeah. yeah. But what Sean does instead is he just takes, you, draws blood, you bitch. He just draws some of her blood, yeah, which has the virus, and then sets her loose in the city, which will ideally release the virus once she you know, dies and bleeds out everywhere. Mm-hmm. She'll be a, a, she's a walking Petri dish for the virus. Yeesh. But she knows that if she gets, she can get out of a populated area and just die in the, you know, I think she's going to drown her, jump well, off the Well, she wants cliff. to jump off the cliff. She's because standing there. That'll be the most, the best chance of containing the virus and not having it spread once she, yeah, Explodes basically. Wow. Once she blows up with virus Gross. goo. Gross. But of course, Ethan in the meantime has injected her with a COVID tracking chip. Yes, she's got a tracking chip. And he also has to have like a 30 minute like motorcycle fight with Sean. Which is ridiculously fun. It is. It's so, so stupid. Fun. It's so fun. So I want to talk about some of my favorite scenes and mm. your favorite scenes in this movie. Sure. Because to talk about it... Let's see if they're the same. Well, okay. I love the racehorse scene. Like the whole racetrack stuff? Yeah. I don't know why. I I, I love, love that because I feel bad for Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames... Okay. He's always the guy who has to like watch things They've and made people. Ving Rhames for some reason. I don't know if this... Is a callback to the first movie? I don't think it is. They've made him a fashion diva. He's got he, $800 when shoes on. he first shows up, he steps in like shit. Shit. In his $800 Gucci shoes, which is... I mean... I... Yes. My can... heart wants to say that's ridiculous. As someone who has $600 Bruno Mollies. Whatever, OJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh... <laughs> Gucci's, that's ridiculous. You don't wear Gucci's to the Outback. First of all, Gucci's are fucking ugly. So are Bruno Mollies. They're gorgeous. <laughs> okay. And then, and then, but then, and at the race track, he has to run around. He has to go run from his van, his his spy van, to the betting tables to give Ethan Hunt a digital camera. Yep. 
<laughs> run back to the van. He's all sweaty and shit. And again, then, he is our relief. He's and then our he gets comic blown relief. up again in his spy van because. But he doesn't die. His, I mean, his he's Versace our Versace coat jacket gets caught in wires. Well, and he's all out of breath. <laughs> Maya's in Maya. Maya's in the building. Or Naya. Naya's Maya. in the building. Naya's in the building. <laughs> She's already been caught. He already sees her. He's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well. And when he gets shot at from the helicopter, he's like, they put a hole in my Versace. I don't know why they, <laughs> why do they went that route. Up? Because is that a through line through the rest of the series? I don't know. I don't know start either. In, in it's not in the, the first, first one. No, he doesn't give a shit. He wants... What, Maybe. what Luther wants in the first movie is all the gear, all the computer shit, yeah, because that's his kink, is <laughs> is like hacker shit. And now his kink is Versace and Gucci. And you Let wear, a man enjoy it, I guess. Do I don't... You, I mean... I don't know. Do you wear Gucci and Versace together? That's, that's like You're wearing, the wrong that's like wearing a Lamborghini jacket driving a Ferrari to a, Porsche, bet, to a Porsche dealership. I bet some people do. Ugh. Anyway, I like the racehorse scene because I think it's very, it's kind of it, like tense. That's when it, that's when the plan falls apart because it's going so. I you know the, oh, oh my favorite scene from the horse track is was, when she drops the envelope from her armpit to her yes. hand. Yeah, and I remember that, and I've always remember that. You actually like gasped or something, and I've tried it numerous times. Of course, oh, I I'm have. gonna try it, and it's fucking difficult. I bet she's a thief. I love her clothes. She's got that off-the-shoulder sweater and those, like, fancy white pants. Mm. No, Not everyone can wear those pants. Let me tell you that. But I'm like, God, I love this outfit. She, I, her hair is perfect. But I, um, I kept thinking of, like, oh, they had spent so much money on designer costume labels. Like, they're all wearing designer brands. She's... Decked out in Prada, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it could be Ann Taylor, for all I know. Who knows? No. Not that. No. Not Ann Taylor would never sh- sell an off the, off the shoulder sweater. She's not wearing cold water. But creek. I think this scene is interesting because I think this is when Sean is at his most charming. Like, we know he's bad, mm-hmm. obviously. And I do like when she slips the card from his pocket. He doesn't know until he, she puts it back in the wrong pocket. In the wrong pocket. Which, is that just a... I feel like it's a mistake she wouldn't have made, but it was like a last desperate well, I, I think it to was get like, it in. Shit, I got to get rid of this thing. I got to get it back into it. And his... maybe he won't notice it's in a different pocket. But he does. Or it could also be because... I mean, it could also be that she forgot. Because oh. she is hyper-stressed. It's a stressful day. I mean, and I what I don't like is when she puts it back and he... We see that he knows something's up because he takes the binoculars away from his eye a little bit for one second. Mm-hmm. We didn't even see that mm-hmm. because when he gets back to his lair, yeah, his it is a lair, secret lair. lair. Um, he's like, "Get it from my my jacket." He's like, "Where is it? My jacket pocket, my right the right jacket pocket." Jacket so pocket. then okay, we're like, "Oh shit!" So that's he knows, when we know knows. that he knows, but. You don't have to show the eyeball thing with the binoculars. Well, I didn't mean. Like it, we, what, Not everyone would notice I that. I think what would have been better is if he doesn't react to it. So then we're like, oh, because we would know that she put it in the wrong pocket. We've been aware of this. Yes. So we could think, oh, maybe he didn't notice. And then when he gets to his lair, 
when he says right, Jackie probably goes, oh, oh shit, fuck, he, he did does know. know. Yeah, so that would have yeah. been better to me. Well, still, I still enjoy the scene. I like that when she, I like when she's talking to Tom, her little ear, pre- you know, mm-hmm. she gets the little souvenir book, whatever. What's it called? The bedding book? Yeah. The bookie? Bookie. <laughs> That's what the word comes from, right? Sort of. Yeah. Um, you know, and she opens it and it's, it's, you put it's this the in race your book, yeah. Put this in your ear. And she's talking. I Where are you? Two o'clock. The and she sees him. The Again, thing. the most gorgeous guy at the racetrack, obviously standing right there. The silliest thing though about that is they typed that out, printed it out cut it out, and then taped it into the race book. They could have just scribbled it in pen. It's better this way. <laughs> like, how <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> like, it's... They had to g- wait for the printer to warm up. <laughs> Luther had to change ink, I'm sure. Because this is 2000, you know. <laughs> Very slow printer still. He's like, shit, I competed this... $10,000 isn't connected to the printer. Just take it to Kinko's. Oh, dumb. <laughs> anyway, but I do like when she's talking to Tom Cruise. And, mm-hmm. and when he's standing behind her I and like she's when, talking. Yeah, and, when Billy is counting down like. How many oh, steps away that Richard. What was his character name? Richard Roxburgh? Yeah. What's his Hugh. Name? Hugh. Like when he's, he's counting down. 20 steps. steps. He's like 30, 20, 9, 8. <laughs> I know. He's, he's on you. And then, of course, that's when and Tom Cruise does his vanishing act. Yes, and then she dra- drops the mm-hmm. hard drive or whatever. It's the probably like one card. millibyte or something. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's like a, so big. I'm sure it's like a two megabyte memory card. And it's so big. I mean, it's the. I mean, yeah, it's the size of a nicotine patch. <laughs> that's an odd. So I can think of that's that size and okay. shape. Basically, but yeah, I like that scene. Now you give me a scene. Ah. Uh... I well, I I do like. I mean, we can jump around. Yeah, we don't I, have to go in order. I, I just, do like the end. When do you know the what end? Part? End. The end. End. Um. Why do I sound quiet? I don't know. I'm okay. When he kicks the gun up out of the sand. Fuck yeah! <laughs> and it's like you can see my slow motion arms right now. It's very exciting. It's very slow motion. It's like it takes the gun forever to rise up to his hand height. I mean, he kicks it up to his head, basically, because he snatches it up over his head. Well, that's a little too much. You just had to kick it up waist high. He's like, I'm short. I'm sorry. I mean, he only has to kick it up to where his hand is down. It's (laughs) still a good looking scene. I mean, we could talk about the last... 30 minutes of this movie for like the rest of the podcast because I mean, the, the last the 30 minutes. The motorcycle chase. The motorcycle chase, the fight in the sand. The, oh, you know what else is very iconic too? Is A, the pigeons. That's the, a John Woo thing. In the thing, in the in the underground bunker. Because he does that in Face Off too. Mm-hmm. There's pigeons. Huh? And then Tom Cruise walking past the burning door, doorway. Yes. The flaming doorway. <laughs> And Amazing. the whole um, Tom Cruise, Richard Roxburgh switch. Richard Roxburgh. I mean, which I had for, not last night, but I watched this movie a couple years ago mm-hmm. when you guys were off doing like, at Comic-Con or something. Oh, it was okay. like when I would do my movie marathons mm-hmm. when I would be home alone. And I I, I rented, that's when I rented like Rogue Nation and oh, okay. um, Fallout and stuff. Okay. So I watched all the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, uh, uh. That I had, that I had access to. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen two 
in years. And I forgot about the switcheroo. The switch. I was like, fuck. I'm like, does he? How? I'm like, he doesn't die. What? I was so like. Like, is it a James Bond thing? I was just like, does how does he get out of this? Because I thought that was really him. Richard Roxborough has the worst death in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's by his friend. I guess shot in the knee. His jaw is broken. Well, it's not broken. That's the excuse of why he can't speak. Uh, okay. Because he's all he's doing is he's groaning. Oh, I thought Richard Rocks. I thought he did break his. No, jaw. because he put tape over his mouth, so he can't talk. Okay. So Richard Rocks. So Hugo drags in Ethan Hunt. Yeah. He has caught him. You say Hugo? It's Hugh. Oh, Hugh. Like Hugh Grant. That's right, Hugh. He does say Hugh because. Yeah. He, he says, he says it's, his, it's such a long U. In his Scottish accent. Hugh. Yeah, that's right. He drags in Ethan Hunt. And Sean Ambrose is very giddy. Oh, look and, what I have and here. And he calls back a line that mm-hmm. Ethan Hunt says about getting your gun off. Mm-hmm. And he shoots him in the knee, steps on it, grinds it in. And you can see Ethan Hunt's eyes just like, I'm... I'm asking you with my brain. <laughs> He's got that in his eyes. And when you see like the Richard, the real Richard or the visually, the Richard Roxburgh. Yes. You see Hugh. When you see him smiling at watching yeah, this happen. That's, that's fucked up. Because that's Ethan Hunt smiling at the death of this man. Who was not the worst guy. He gets his pinky tip chopped off. Oh. But, and, yeah. and then, and then of course, Sean Ambrose blast him six seven times on the chest yeah we don't and see he's that dead because pg-13 and it sucks because richard the whole time real richard roxborough is watching his friend about to kill him yeah and he's like don't i'm the guy i'm not the guy that you think i am yeah and then and then fake richard roxborough walks back towards the vials gets the blood with the virus and gets the antivirus the the, the vaccine and then Sean Edwards kind of, he see, oh, he sees the finger. He sees the finger. The wrapped finger. And he's like, ah! Like his scream is like, so. My man lover. He's so mad. And he rips the face <laughs> And then off. we have Richard Roxburgh as Ethan Hunt running in slow motion. He looks like. Oh, he had, it's Richard, so good. <laughs> Richard Roxburgh looks like he had, he got, he had, he enjoyed being able to run around. I think so. Even if it's just that one short little. Because for five seconds he got to be Ethan. He got Hunt. to be. A, he got to be the. He had the hero. He room. got to be the hero of this movie, <laughs> and until he takes his face off, and then it's Tom Cruise. So my oh, question it's so, is, it's so good, and I remember just being so like, oh shit. <laughs> well, my question is, so obviously they're doing a lot of like CG wise. They're doing a lot of facial replacement. Mm-hmm. Who is actually running? Is it Richard Roxburgh running? And they've yes. CG'd Tom Cruise's face replacement onto him. Or, I don't even know if there was CG involved. It was just a quick cut. Well, no, because he pulls the face off while he's running. Yeah, there are some, yeah. So is it Tom Cruise running with a fake Richard Roxburgh face? Or is it, it Richard looked, Roxburgh running with a fake? I know Tom Cruise's run, and that didn't look like a Tom Cruise run. It looked like a Richard Roxburgh run. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do not know. Because, like I said, there isn't... A whole lot of information on this movie. 
I'm sure deep down in the interwebs. Because supposedly find... it's the worst one. It's not, but I mean, there's more information on IMDb than there was on Wikipedia. But I'm sure you could find in the interwebs making of Mission Impossible Two. Whatever. Don't go looking at your phone. That'd be a fun. Uh, that would be like a fun. Mm-hmm. It would be a fun movie to like break down with the makers. Mm, interesting. To sit down with John Woo, his effects people. Because I mean, think two thousand effects were advanced, but not as advanced as obviously that as they are now. And I mean, so, remember, it was this still... is how many years after Jurassic Park. So we had the technology. Seven. We had the technology yeah. for good effects. Yeah. And they're good here. And the budget for this is... Whew. I mean, this this movie has better facial... Whatever they do, I don't know if it's a true facial replacement. Like, it's like half and half. I think like, it's... Because I don't think they're doing like the face replacement that um, James Bond did in... I couldn't It's the one where, where Daniel Craig is riding his motorcycle on the rooftops... And it's obviously not his face. I don't know. I don't, that I, looks shitty because the face is too big. <laughs> so it looked like a YouTube video of like. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, yeah. So that like starting with that scene with the, the switcheroo and the until the end of the movie is like nonstop fun. Mm hmm. I mean, I love the motors. I usually don't like chases, the car motorcycle chases. slash car chase is fun. Like the only other time I like a car chase is if it's like a, in a Bourne movie. But I loved this motorcycle chase with the him. He shot the windshield out of his and the the tricks that Tom does with that fucking motorcycle. They're I mean, so entertaining. I'm like, God, this movie is outrageous. Like they obviously had like these effects were. I think they seemed flawless to me. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, like the motor- motorcycle stuff? Because well, that shit looked every, real. All the stunty stuff, all the face stuff. So I do think that they, they really did, they really mastered the face replacement stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's, I, yeah, you don't notice. You're not going, oh, that looks fake. The, in the first one, you can kind of see when it turns into, when it goes from a, digital face to like a shitty to rubber like a mask. mask. Uh-huh. In this one, you there's you don't it's seamless. It's, it's pretty seamless, yeah. So whatever they did for that, I don't know if it's facial replacement. Whatever. Perfect. The rock climbing shit. Perfect. Because they they painted out whatever cables he was attached yeah, to. Yeah, he was on a harness, but there he was really climbing. There was no net below him. There is so I don't know if he's, are we meant to believe that he's climbing like a, a quote unquote like virgin path up the up the rocks? Well, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But well, I mean, like it's not like a known path that he's taking. Maybe, but <laughs> there are spots where he grabs on, and you see that there's already been powder on the mm. handholds and stuff. Oh, I don't know. So I mean, but I don't know if it's, if that is from just that being a public place and. Climbers in general have used that spot. That's the last thing I was even thinking of. Or I'm thinking, is that from like take two? <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. Knowing how nervous John Woo was about this whole thing, 
he would like let's, one take. Let's run through that again done. real quick. He wouldn't have run through it a second time. He was so scared this whole movie because because Tom Cruise is trying to kill himself. Well, we get to our little like fun facts. Even the knife in the eyeball is yeah unnecessary. Okay. So Tom Cruise lied to the insurance agents of this movie, saying that he'd be letting the stunt crew handle all the. I mean, they didn't know in 2000. But if you said this now, you know, Tom Cruise, you're full of shit. You're going to do this all yourself. Mm-hmm. Back in 2000, he's like, no, the stunt crew's going to do all this. And he did end up doing about 95% of his own stunts. I I mean, so... And it... I have two opinions. There's about the that. Tom Cruise, and then there's the Matt Damon. Well, I think I know what the Matt Damon is. The yeah. Tom Cruise aspect of it is I like that he's willing... And he's capable of doing it, which I think is cool. But also, I think then we get to the Matt Damon thing. I think, which is mm-hmm. give stuntmen jobs. Yeah, Matt Damon has always been. Work. Yeah, he's always been a proponent. Yes. Of um, stuntmen's work and mm-hmm. and giving them, making sure that they get recognized and they get jobs. And he's like, I don't want to take like he's Tom Cruise is taking away in this movie, especially numerous jobs. You, I mean, you can look at both sides. But I think. it's also very cool that I do want to see my star do shit. Because to Tom Cruise, he's like, Earlier I don't. twenty million dollars, <laughs> or for the in this case, he got about seventy five million. Fuck. After all the after points and everything, yeah, royalties. Fucking a about seventy five million. Um, and he, I mean, he he's he's like, I don't. It feels like cheating, you know. And if he uses that man. And he's so passionate about movies I mean, that he wants point, the movie want, to be 100% real. I mean, at this point, I want Tom Cruise to die on a movie set. I don't want him to die. No, But that's no the only does. way he can go out, is doing some dumb shit. I don't Maybe want it'll him, happen in space. I don't want... <laughs> him and I Doug Lyman. I don't know. I don't want him to die an old man in a bed. <laughs> I want him to die... Like in Mechnoli. Jumping from one big thing to another big thing. Oh. <sighs> Don't say that. I want him to go out doing what he loves. All right, and, well. And the whole time he's falling, he's going, I hope the camera's still rolling. I hope it's still on me. Get this shot. Bye. God. That's so morbid. <laughs> but but yeah, I, can... I, I respect it, but I also like, dude, these stuntmen, they, I mean, they don't get nominated for Academy Awards. Give them some work. Yeah. Well, the thing is, sure. I mean, in this movie, the only movie Tom only Cruise be... is making is Mission Impossible. So they have they can get work sure. everywhere else. It's not like Tom Cruise has taken up the whole business. But there's at least you know a half dozen guys that could have had jobs. Sure. For this movie, well, five percent went to other people. So yeah, the, like the more I feel like he probably didn't do all the motorcycle stuff. Oh, I think he. Dude, I don't think I mean, he did a hundred percent of them because I think there's one shot like where it, it didn't look exactly like Top Cruise. Is it like when he's? The, it's just riding through like the all the off road shit. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did see that. He did uh, go through the fire though. Well, that's not a big deal. Without any flame protection gear or gel, that's, is there like a gel that protects? Yeah. Him? Okay. I don't that's, know. I mean, that's not a big deal. I mean, that's like you know when you wave your hand over a lighter. I mean, it's the same principle. Yeah. He went through it. They did it in the Truman Show. In a split second. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. he was going fast. Yeah. So Sean mentioned the, the knife in the eye scene. So there's, during the I, fight, it's, I, I want to read about it. I, 
Yeah. That's the most unnecessary effect. It's because it's not an effect. Well, I mean, it is an effect, but I mean, it's the most unnecessary stunt. Stunt in this movie. But it looks. No, I mean, I mean, because it's a real knife. I know. I was going to read about it before you opened your mouth. Yeah, read it. I'll close my mouth. This is. So I just want to give a little. Close my mouth. Um. Um, it's towards the end. Um, Ethan and Sean are are fighting in the sand. Um, guns have been thrown. Now there's a knife. <laughs> Sean has a knife. So uh, Tom Cruise insisted that a real knife be used, and that it it stops exactly one quarter inch from his eyeball, instead of somewhere vaguely near his eye, like John Woo wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, the knife was connected to a cable mm-hmm. that was measured carefully in order to achieve the effect. And Tom insisted that Dugray Scott use all of his strength in the struggle. Pull it all. So you, his hand's shaking for real. The knife is basically touching his eyelashes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few shots where if, it flicks his eyelash. I mean, if whatever, it, if that cable had snapped. Well, I mean, they obviously they use a cable that won't stretch so i'm sure it's like a steel cable yeah I'm, but, yeah but it's so you know unsettling. in Dewey scott's mind he's like anything can happen right now if tom cruise if he sneezed moves his head if he yeah. if i bump him and he jolts yeah. up i've just blinded the most handsome man in this movie i just took his eye i mean or even if Dewey scott's hands slipped off the knife He's punching Tom Cruise oh, in his open fucking eyeball. Because, oh, yeah, his eyes are wide open. I My memory of that stunt was that it was the knife was attached to like a mechanical arm that comes down and it stops at a precise point in space. Mm-hmm. But I, I, didn't re- I didn't remember it being a cable. Yeah. Either way. It's bananas. Either way, it didn't have to be a real knife. It didn't even have to be a knife. It could have just been air, and then they would just CG a knife in because when it it's would, at it his eyeball, it doesn't look real because it's so shiny and bright. It's very shiny, yeah. And the, it's like a blown. The background's blown out. I mean, it just everything about it just looks too clean. So I mean, it's mm. it it was lost to me. Okay. I mean, when you see that shot from behind Sean Ambrose and he's there, you know, got the knife and it's flicking Tom Cruise's eyelashes. Yeah, that looked cool. Yeah. But again, it doesn't have to be a real fucking knife. Well, Tom doesn't like cheating. <sighs> Whatever. Like, no, I want you to really punch me. The power of Scientology will protect me. Oh, God. The, the uh, Thetans will protect <clears throat> me. God. So, <clears throat> Mission Commander Swanbeck, or Sir Anthony Hopkins, he's the first person in any... Mission Impossible episode or movie to actually use the phrase Mission Impossible. I like that line. It's not Mission Difficult. It's, it's Mission, mission impossible. impossible. This should be a walk in the park for you. I do like that. And I, you know, so... And I want to quick say, Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Bragg, the guys who did the story for this, mm-hmm. also wrote the screenplay for Star Trek First Contact in mm-hmm. 1996, which fe- featured the first cinematic use... In dialogue of the phrase Star Trek. Oh, I wonder 96. what the usage is. 
I don't know. What's the context? That's a weird. Because that it's feels a like weird... it would be shoehorned in. It'd be like saying Star Wars in Star Wars. Because, I mean, there's no reason for those words to be spoken. Yeah, same with Star Wars. Yeah. But same with Mission Impossible. They managed to do it here. Be that See, but that because is they're ca- because... They're called Impossible Mission Missions Force. And, and and it does it is a good wordplay line. So that to me makes sense. Mm. It's not a star journey, it's a star trek. That would be dumb. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. My my thing with Anthony Hopkins' character. Uh so in the recorded Oscar winner. Oscar two time Oscar winner. Two time Oscar winner Anthony Sir Anthony Hopkins. Is it just two? I fucking find Silence of the Lambs and then this year. Okay. Sure, maybe. My one mm-hmm. thing about his character in his recorded message with in the in the sunglasses, he says, Oh, and by the way, next time you take a vacation or whatever, it'd be helpful if you let us know. Yes. And then Tom Cruise's throwaway line is it's not a vacation if I tell you. And he says it to no one. Yeah. To himself. And then when he says, and when they, so when they're meeting in person, he says, sorry about not telling you where I was. He goes, so then Anthony Hopkins echoes Tom Cruise's line, well, it wouldn't be a vacation if you told us. Oh, you said to tell you in the fucking recording. Okay. And now it's okay if he doesn't tell you. <laughs> and then they, they bring that line back again at the end of the movie too. Who cares? Like, dude, well, then you should have said it the first time, Sir Anthony Hopkins, two-time Oscar winner. <laughs> Jeez. Maybe that, what, you know, this movie Because that was very passive-aggressive in the recording. <laughs> like, oh, is this a Minnesota message? <laughs> so this movie was originally three and a half hours long, the first cut. I'd be fine with that. I'd watch it. I would watch. Sure. Yeah. But may, so maybe, so that, I want to see the John Woo cut. Apparently, because it was cut a lot. I think this movie is like 130 some minutes. Um, there are plot holes. Are there? I don't know. I mean, I know the the it's a very simple plot that's been overly complicated in the script. Mm. You know, because really all but it is isn't is that Mission Impossible. Sure, maybe, but I mean, because all it is is we're gonna create a ma- a super virus and then sell the vaccine to get rich. That's all it is. Yeah. So it's a pharmaceutical thriller. Sure. Yes. With some motorcycle fights. And and pigeons. Yeah. And some flamenco. And a a perfect Candy Wayne Newton's face. (laughs) Even when she's sick and dying. God damn it. They they made her look sweaty. I want to give her soup. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. She ends up. So, yeah, she does inject herself with Chimera, but then, of course, she gets the vaccine and doesn't die. Within, we she's, get, we get she's, a, hope, she's banking on Ethan Hunt finding her within 20 yeah, that's hours. That's putting a lot of... Well, she's banking on him being able to steal the vaccine from Sean Ambrose and then find her all within 20 hours. 19 hours and 58 minutes. Sure. Whatever the cost, I will find you. <laughs> Last of the Mohicans. Definite Last of the Mohicans vibes, dude. Whew. Um, any other scenes that I mean this? This movie is a fucking trip. The the diving through the the rooftop vents. Oh yeah, it's a nice homage to our first movie, 
with uh sure it was a good a it was a good little callback the the whole thing though the just getting into the building when he through the vents right so yeah he there's like these like lubed a lubed sun sunroof basically mm. opens up mm-hmm. and he's gonna dive through them sure makes sense i get it do you so much has to go right for that to work yeah because even if they were even if they were wide open because the whole the whole tension is that they're still not open and he's already falling towards them he's already going towards them there's no stopping him and of course we know he's going to get through yeah but, it'd be funny if he did hit the but, whoops even if they were open mm-hmm. and he dives towards them what's to say that a gust of wind doesn't nudge him 6 inches over well and he bifurcates himself in one of these vent blades and two halves of a Tom Cruise come flopping down the, the building. That, and then the end. It's just plop, <laughs> plop, plop, the end. Mission ended. It's just, Vin Graham's going, shit. But that's the fun they, of these movies. Everything has to go exactly right. And it always does. And I, That's I, the one thing we can yeah. count on with these movies. This movie Unless you're also, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> this movie... <laughs> This movie depends a lot on Tom Cruise being able to hold himself very still while someone looks for him. Luckily, he's a short guy. Like, he's he's standing, like, he's still tethered to his cable above the window in the little lab where the guard is kind of, like, looking out because he kind of thinks he might have heard something. Mm-hmm, and he goes, he flips up. And then he jumps down releases the cable and he's hiding again under the window and then in the bunker he's hiding up in the above the doorway from Hugh Hugh and then the pigeon's like yeah and apparently a cooing pigeon is a sign that there's a spy here yep Richard Roxburgh he's like what he was like hmm that pigeon wasn't cooing earlier Hmm. when I walked in. he must be looking at a person um, I also got to shout out Tom Cruise's acrobatic just flips and jumps and cartwheels and kicks. He does so much acrobat in this movie. It's amazing. He does a lot of spinning in the air. Yeah. And which emphasizes how nice his hair is because his hair is always. Which I'm guessing out. was a lot of like Crouching Tiger style wire work. Because he does that. Yeah, there, you can tell some of it's on wire. He does a kick. Which is, this came up before, Crouchy. It's like a bicycle kick where he kicks Sean Ambrose in the face. Yep. And then he kicks him again with the other foot, all while flipping in a giant circle. And he does like some somersaults while he's running. I mean, it's like out of control. This He even, does a few Austin Powers style like run and tumbles. Can you imagine him doing those in the first movie? No. You'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, in this gonna... movie, he looks like he's playing spy. <laughs> like the way kids would would play spy with their friends. You know, he'd be singing his own theme music. He'd be cronking it. He'd be cronking, <laughs> he'd be it, cronking yeah. it. Oh, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get something to drink, and we will be right back. Oh, are we? Were you going to pee or something? <laughs> yeah. And we're back. Cora's about to get fucked up. Why? What'd you give her? I gave her a plate full of catnip. Mm. She's nipping it up. Wow. <clears throat> All right. 
<coughs> what were we talking about? Just fun scenes. Yeah. It's fun scenes from opening to ending. There's no there's no yawning parts. No. There's no like I might go to the bathroom during this scene. I do like so they there is kind of a I don't know if it's a a I don't know if it's a running trick that they do throughout the series. It it seems to sort of be cuz I can kind of remember another movie where they where this happens where so they've sort of kidnapped McCloy mm-hmm. in his limo. Yeah. They knock him out with crazy knockout gas. Mm-hmm. He wakes up in a medical tent. Yeah. Thinking he's been infected with chimera. He sees the Russian guy as a hallucination specter type, maybe a real person. He doesn't really know. Mm-hmm. He's demanding Bellerophon. He admits... He confesses to the thing that they've done, which is make the d- disease to sell a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then he passes out again and he wakes up in his limo. I think, presuming the whole thing was like just a very like lucid a fever dream. dream. Yeah. Because they do that with, in the first Mission Impossible, the kind of the opening where they have that weird, again, a Russian guy. Who wakes up with a dead Kristen Scott, I think? Or was it a... I thought you were going to say Kristen Stewart. I was like, what? Or no, wasn't it... Um, no, 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 it was a... Uh, who was the girl who played John Voight's like, wife person in that movie? Remember her? Yeah, like the French chick. Claire? Claire, yes. So he, this guy wakes up to a dead Claire, and it turned out to be a fake room. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And they yep. get all the wall. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they knock it out again. <clears throat> and then all the walls come away. And they do it again with... Uh... <sighs> mm-hmm. Where they make a fake news broadcast. Is that in the first one? No. It Who takes like a... his mascot? Like someone's... they. I don't know. Your story went nowhere. I know. Fuck. It started out so good. Oh. But yeah, they, and I kind of like that because I'm like, oh, that's, that would be, because I, <laughs> you know me and my dreams. Yes. I have very weird, lucid dreams. So if this happened to me, I would believe, sure, I could very much believe that I just had a, a very vivid dream. Uh-huh. When in fact I had been abducted by aliens. I just heard a toilet flush. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think that's sort of the effect of like people who get abdu- like alien abduction stories where they they, you know, something happens, all this shit happens to them and then they wake up in a thing. Mm-hmm. So then did that event actually happen or which is it, like no one believes them? Or which is or was it all a dream? Yeah. So this is so McCloy just got abducted by aliens. Yeah. Basically. He got inceptioned. And I do like <laughs> cuz I like how he wakes up. So a honking car horn, and it's some crude chauffeur playing. Billy Baird is playing a yeah. a replacement chauffeur driver. Yeah, <laughs> I mean a limo driver. Hmm. Yeah. Cool story, bro. <laughs> oh, they oh, have uh. Wolf Blitzer doing a weird fake news report. Isn't that in the first one? No. 
know. I feel like we saw that. Yeah, not on the first one. Wolf Blitzer. All right, you're going to Google Wolf Blitzer Mission Impossible? Yes. I bet you'll get 1996. No. <laughs> I, will, I will bet you 10, okay. 37 million euros or whatever the... Pounds. Oh, pounds. Pound. Did you hear his Scottish yeah, accent? Right. 37 million pounds. I can't do Scottish. That's hard. Pounds. Pound. 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 It was a Jeremy Renner movie. Wolf Blitzer? Yes. Was it? Okay. I can't even tell you one Jeremy Renner movie. That's not no, it was, in Avengers. Wasn't it like, isn't he in Rogue Ghost? Oh, he is in the Mission Impossible movies. Fallout. Oh, okay. Wolf Blitzer. Okay, Fallout. I only saw that one once. I don't remember it. I remember oh, that's like the plain one, right? Rebecca Ferguson, lovely Rebecca Ferguson. Sure, not as lovely as Tandyway. Thank you. <clears throat> Tan- um, Handyway Noon might be the just. Well, Carrie Russell's in three. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. I, I think Tandy Winoon is the best Mission Impossible Bond girl. Okay. She uh, was nominated for a Razzie. For this movie? Yes. For what? Worst actress. Why? Because the Razzies are bullshit. I mean. This was also nominated for like worst sequel. I'm like, you guys are totally missing the point of this movie. And she's lovely. So shut up. I don't. I think they're just jealous. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because really, she... They don't give her a lot to do in this movie, for one thing. I think she has a her, good... I mean, the, the Seville the first, stuff was cool. The first half, she has more to do with But then than, everything after that, she's... Once she gets with back with Sean, she doesn't have much to do. No, because, there's very little. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, w- I could have... Had a little bit more on her end. The the scene where she thinks she's escaping the compound and then finds fake Ethan Hunt. Oh, yeah. That's, that might be the the least, I mean, mm-hmm. of her performance, really. Okay. But, I mean, even that, not bad. It's really not terrible. Oh, I mean, and again, these Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible movies are not really about the female characters. And they're not about the dramatic arts. I mean, even Claire strictly, in the first one these are didn't have a lot to visual do. arts movies. They're just meant to dazzle your eyeballs. You just want to watch Tom Cruise do stunts. Yes. And this one is just fabulous. Um, this one might as well have been called Mission Impossible Tom Cruise Circus. <laughs> That's the new name. Mission Impossible Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. I'd mentioned earlier the score uh, composed, conducted by Hans Zimmer, vocals by Lisa Gerard, which you called it. You said, this sounds like Gladiator. Remember? That's mm-hmm. Lisa Gerard and Hans, oh, okay. Hans Zimmer. Same year, 2000. They were working together a lot. Um, the score for the longest time was not available, but it became available like last year, which I was excited. Hans Zimmer has, he definitely does have his stable of people he likes oh, to dip into. Oh, my God. Yes. So many people have come up underneath him. Well, that I know, but I mean, but he really does have his favorites that he likes to work with. Sure. I mean, I think, and I think that that's true for 
For a lot of anyone. Yeah. In any field, really, but. Yeah. I mean, and it, but it is very, it does help with, well, their brand, really. Yeah. Especially in 2000 when they both did Gladiator as well. Like, they, like, I mean, you know, they did this first. You know, they were like, oh my God, that was fun. Let's go do this Gladiator movie now. Wait, when did Gladiator come out? Was that earlier in the year? Well, now I don't know. Okay. I just assumed since you said it was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you like? Rotten Tomatoes? What do you What do you think? Well, I know it was not well received. Thirty five. Oh, higher. Forty one. Higher. It, did, it got over fifty. Fifty two. Fifty seven. Fifty seven percent Rotten Tomatoes. What was the budget? Um, hundreds. One hundred twenty five million. Oh, lower than I would have guessed. I would have guessed like a 160. Oh, no, this is 2000. It's a lot for 2000. No, I know, but I mean... Until know. Pirates came around a couple years later. How much did it make, though? That's 125. I mean, it easily made... It easily doubled it, right? 275. 546. Okay, never mind. Oh, what a... It was Piece the highest grossing movie of 2000. What a flaming pile of dog shit yeah, this right. movie is. Highest grossing movie of 2000. Um, it was number one for three weeks. Um, it did well. Yeah. Ebert yeah, you know, actually. People are like, it. oh, this movie's terrible. And everyone's going, so what? Cha-ching. Let's, let's go see it on the big screen again because it <laughs> looks cool. Um, Ebert uh, kind of liked it. He said. He gave it two and a half stars. I didn't say what he gave oh. it, but he said, um, if the first movie was entertaining as sound, fury, and movement, this one this one is more evolved, more confident, more sure-footed in the way it marries minimal character development to seamless action. So kind of his usual backhanded. I mean, well, like, I mean, but he's not wrong because he's not wrong. We don't all. learn anything new with our characters. No one has any. No. Nobody has any huge breakthroughs or, you know. We really sure. don't. I mean. It's the same people. You know what they're like. You know what they do. And you're like, well, I don't really know. need to know Naya's background. We don't She's need to thief. know. Okay. She used to be with him. Okay. We don't know anything about Sean Ambrose. We don't need to know where Ethan Hunt went to grade school. We don't need to know what he's been doing since the events of the first Mission Impossible movie. We don't know. We don't need to know anybody's, you know, social life. Sure. Yeah, that's not what these movies are about. We don't know if, did Luther have kids? We don't need to know that. We don't care. Well, now I want to know. <laughs> I want, you know, Luther has the little Luther running around. Oh, my God. <laughs> Driving him nuts. Yeah, so this movie made a lot of money. Um, I want to say the second one, I mean, the third one didn't come out till what, 2007, I want to say. So no, seven years. No idea. Okay. Until JJ came around. JJ or Brad Bird? No, JJ. Brad Bird did Ghost Protocol. And then Christopher McQuarrie did the next two. And Tom will only work with Christopher McQuarrie. The now. next two, Rogue Nation and Fallout? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, this movie is so entertaining. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I was looking forward to it when we, when we got, Assigned it, and I'm, I'm. It paid off. It's just so much fun. And it was so the, easy. It's so easy to watch. I mean, it's so much fun. And I feel like the thing with the Mission Impossible movies, I'm trying so hard to pay attention because I'm like, because 
the first one, yeah, it's a little bit convoluted. Which there's a line in this movie where Ving Rames asks Tom Cruise, "Is, it, is that simple?" The yeah, what's the deal? Mm. And he tells him, "He's like, is that simple?" And I guess that was like a, it's a, a knock at a knock at the first movie because it was so kind of confusing mm-hmm. to people, which is kind of funny. Um, but this one, I find, I don't. I'm not like making sure I have to hear every word and I have to understand everything no. that they say. It's well, just fun to well, watch. You can't understand everything that Sean Ambrose or that Dugray Scott says or mushmouth Richard Roxburgh in his like, mushy South African accent. If you want to know what he sounds like, just watch <laughs> The Crown when Tobias Menzies plays Prince Philip. He's got the... When he's got that underbite going. It's a very, very royal British accent. That's kind of what he sounds like when he talks. It's a really odd accent. But I kind of dig it. I wanted him to have more lines because I wanted to hear more of it. And there's nothing wrong with a thick Scottish accent. It's very thick. It's very thick. He's it's... like, when I do when I do this movie, can I just talk in my normal really thick accent? Because ever after, I think it's just like a RP type of sure. royal, royal proper like British. If I want to hear Scottish, I'll listen. I'll watch Brave. Wow, that's weird. I love all the voices in Brave. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. And I like a good female Scottish accent. Kelly McDonald. She's also the the ghost, the gray lady? No, the one you know the in Harry Potter with Yeah, um, the Rowena Ravenclaw. Rowena Ravenclaw. Mowage. Uh, yeah. So that's Mission Impossible 2. It's, God, it's a blast. Anything else you want to say about it? No, just that we had a correction corner for... There was a what? No Glenn Gould instead of Philip Glass. <laughs> Last episode. We don't, oh, yeah. So I didn't see saying, Glenn Gould. I kept saying Glenn Gould. And when, I don't even... Does he, does he do anything in Truman Show? He does have a track on the... One track? Because he's a pianist, just like Philip Glass is. And I feel like there's like one or two tracks that say Glenn Gould. I don't know. But yeah, so that was Philip Glass. I probably uh, say many things that are wrong there's, per episode. There and were, I'm like, oh, yeah, well. There have been times where I was like, oh, I should, <clears throat> I got to make a note of that. And then I always forget. So that's fine. No one comes at us because no, no one. <laughs> It's because I don't see Glenn Gould's name anywhere on... I don't know why you look at Wiki. You just go to, like, fucking iTunes and look up the soundtrack. But I'm oh. looking at, like... I, I pulled up the Wiki for the soundtrack, and it has, you oh, know... I don't know. Like, I don't see Gould anywhere. Oh, maybe it's Philip Glass. It's wow. Philip Glass. See, yeah. It's Philip Glass. I'm just... Yeah, I can see that. I'm on right. drugs. I don't even know who Glenn Gould is. 32 short films about Glenn Gould. Philip Glass, did he do Kayana Scotsy? I don't, no. No, no, he didn't. I don't think so. He did Notes on a Scandal. <laughs> Philip Glass. Uh huh. Everyone is enraptured by this conversation. Glenn Gould is dead. He died in 82. Whoa, so he was probably not in Truman Show. Uh, 
He was not in the Truman Show. 32 short films about Glenn Gould. It was a Oscar nominated. Uh, Koyana Scotsy. Music by Philip Glass. Oh, good job, Sean. That's some weird music, though. I've listened to it. 1982. I've seen it. Same year that Glenn Gould died. It's a very long fucking movie. Yeah, the and music is... it's only is like an uh, hour and a half. It's, very, it's a it's very like long... It's like one scene, isn't it? It's like a very long 90 minutes. Yeah. Should we um, yes. see what yes. we're doing next yes. week? Yes. All right. Where's the thing? Oh, yeah. What's the number? 181. Hey, Google. Pick a number from 1 to 181. 50. Jeez. 50. And God, leave. Did, sorry, did I wake you up, Google? Jeez. Oh, this will be fun. Koyana Skatsi. Koyana Skatsi. Just kidding. It's one it. word. It came out in. Menace. No. <laughs> came out in. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Menachi. Came out in 1984. And it's got a great soundtrack. And I know that I'm going to reference the line in the LFO song, Summer Girls, where they say, I like Kevin Bacon, but I hate Footloose. No. Which is the dumbest. I hate, I hate how, that line because how do you, no one who, who likes Kevin Bacon hates Footloose. Well, A, who hates Footloose? Oh. Anyways. Especially if they like Kevin Are Bacon. Are there Footloose haters? I don't want to find out. Next week, we are watching the movie Footloose, which is... Oh, is that what we're watching? I wouldn't have guessed. Darker than what most people think. I feel like um, my friend Elizabeth saw this movie for like the first time, like last year. I feel like she posted about this. And hated it because... And she said that was... Basically, that was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, this movie is a dark movie. Um, it's a very white movie. <laughs> there, well, it takes place in like Utah, doesn't it? Is it Utah? They, is it like Utah? I have no idea. Okay, we'll find I out. don't remember anymore. They're like Mormons or something? They're not Mormons. Okay. I feel like it takes place in Utah. No, they, they would not be Mormons. Well, they are not dancing either. So they're not making a Mormon movie. <laughs> um, all the stuff with It'd be like funny if they were more all the stuff with Lori Singer, I think, is the dark shit. Ariel. The daughter. Yeah. What else has she been in? Mm, I don't she, know. In my mind, I'm seeing Elizabeth Shoe. She's about two feet taller than Elizabeth Shoe. Is she a tall lady? She's like six feet tall. But how tall was Kevin Bacon? Like five feet. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's a short guy, and she's a How tall... How tall is John Lithgow? Like, 11 feet tall, then? Um, what What else has she... Has she, has she done other stuff? Of course she has. Mm-hmm. Well, she was a model, so yeah, she's tall. She... Wow. Okay. I mean, this is... I don't care. She was a musical prod, prodigy, making her debut as a cellist with the Oregon Sympathy... Symphony at 13 and then accepted into Juilliard, where she became the institution's youngest graduate. Holy shit. She's 63. You know who else was accepted to Juilliard for Kevin music? Kevin Bacon. She's 5'10". 
that's, oh, that's tall. I mean, that's the same height as Lauren Lapkus. So that's okay. some context. Felicia Day was also except Juilliard. Um, she's been in things that you really haven't seen. The Falcon and the Snowman. Robert Altman stuff. Wow, that's very close to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Snowman? <laughs> From 1985. But, but the snowman is Jack Frost. Is Michael Keaton Jack Frost? <laughs> the Falcon and the Snowman. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Snowmen are basically winter soldiers. They are not. <laughs> The man with one red shoe. She was in Warlock. So a bunch uh, of Santa in, adjacent. She was in movies. Shortcuts. I mean, she hasn't been in anything that you've seen, except for the Falcon and the Snowman. The man with one red shoe. That's a Santa story, isn't it? <laughs> and a bowl full of jelly. Yeah, she kind of stuck. I mean, she hasn't done anything since 2017. Anyway, I love Laurie Singer in this movie. I remember having and I love a very Bates. sincere crush on her. Even though I don't know who she is. Well, I know. She her dance your ass off. But I mean, we'll I... We'll talk about this movie next week. I it's, very much loved her, whoever she was. And I loved Kevin Bacon. Because people who like Kevin Bacon, they don't hate Footloose. I'm sorry, LFO. I know like half of you are not around anymore. I liked Chris Penn. When you said that, I was like, don't you mean Chris Pine? And this movie became something Um, completely different. Was Chris Pine even born when this movie came out? (laughs) I hope so. 84? I hope so. He's not that young. (laughs) I don't know. Well, we were talking about 9-11 the other day. Oh, that's a good time. Girl work, Francie May was like, oh, I don't remember 9-11. I I was a baby. I was, she was, I was. Four. Oh yeah, he's my age. Oh okay. Well, he's born in 1980. Ew. So he's 40. So he's younger than you. <laughs> Don't say he's my age. And be like, <clears throat> okay. Cool. He's born the same year as the Jill and Hall. 1980 was a good year. Who, Maggie? <laughs> she's older. I know. Right? She's older. Yeah, she is. Okay. Uh, so yeah, next week, Footloose. Um, everyone's seen it, right? Ah, what song would I use for that movie? I wonder. Gee, um, what am I going to use for this movie? The the Metallica song. Oh, what movie do you talk about? That very weird Metallica song. Oh, Mission Impossible. Well, on our playlist, I put um, a track called Seville, which is like the flamenco song and the guitar. Lots of guitar. We're we're not going out with that song. It's going to be Metallica. That don't. Know. It's not a good Metallica song. It's not. But it is a Metallica song. Please don't. All right. Until then, um, you can follow us on the socials, I guess. Um, why do we own this DVD on Instagram? Uh, why do we own this one on Twitter? Um, rate, uh, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Tell a friend. I still haven't added new artwork to our T Public store. Okay. Sean's going to maybe. I should add work some. on that. I just. Fixed, redid, redid my for the second time my taxes. Oh, okay. Well, that's done. So on now the very can... last possible day. Yeah, because the IRS called. They're like, um, you need to do this. Well, they didn't call, but sure. I did get a drone tax notice going. Oh, you have a problem. You got to fix it. Shit. Great. I just ended up doing the taxes all over again. 
Um, thanks to Brushy One String for our theme song. You can find Brushy's entire catalog of music goodness and merch at brushyonestring.com. Thanks to Marlene LePage for our artwork. Uh, yeah, I guess you. I mean, you can find our our merch at T Public. Um, just yeah, and it's in the show notes. You can just click the yeah, link instead easier. of like typing uh, in stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you can keep up with my plants. new plant babies. <laughs> I got plant babies. He's got plant babies. Plant babies. Um, oh yeah, that. Instagram is look at my plants. It's also in the show notes. You're what? You're, you're that Instagram account's in the Um. Oh, we were so close to Forbidden Zone. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't they? They that name came up. Danny Elfman or something. Danny Elfman. I don't know. Okay, so that's it, guys. Light the fuse and cut foot loose. What was that? Were you trying to say like light the fires and kick the tires? Light the fuse. Oh, because of mission, I get it. And cut foot. That still doesn't.